You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Listen, a big part of our lives is having the ability to perform. Performance is a huge part of our lives, whether it's in our physical fitness, whether it's in our jobs, whether it's in our relationships, we need to be able to perform at the highest level possible. And that's what we're really striving for here with the Model Health Show. But one of the things that kind of holds us back are these faulty patterns that our body can take on. All right. So some of the greatest athletes in the world have all of these compensation patterns that their bodies are creating because of blocks, because of different hinges and different things that are being off with their system. Uh, For me, for example, I had an issue with my SI joint. And so my body began to compensate. And so I started to have pain on the other side of my body as my body's trying to sort out being able to do basic movements. And so our guest today is somebody who's helping folks to, to, to fix those faulty patterns by getting a great foundation for fitness so that we're not building a shaky foundation and everything comes crumbling down. And he's done this at the highest level. He's worked with some of the top people walking around on the planet, but he's also worked with everyday folks too. You know, so like literally world champions in major sports to, you know, the moms and pops out there that are just trying to get fit, you know, and he's done it all and he's done it at the highest level. And he's one of the kind of best kept secrets here in fitness. And today it's really going to be something that is a great introduction, but also some insights and strategies to help you to take your performance to another level. Now, before we do that, listen, today, let me tell you about my performance, what I'm fueled on. I'm fueled on that mushroom coffee. All right. I'm fueled fueled on Four Sigmatic, Lion's Mane. Listen, University of Malaya found that Lion's Mane is clinically proven, Lion's Mane mushroom clinically proven to stimulate something called neurogenesis. That's literally the creation of new brain cells, all right? I promise you, I promise Pop-Tarts can't do that, all right? Pop-Tarts cannot create new brain cells. It can kill some, but Lion's Mane, seriously speaking, it's one of the very few things that's ever been discovered that has that kind of ability. And specifically, it's being studied now for helping folks to recover from traumatic brain injuries. And it's showing some very, very... Uh, inspiring science that's coming about that as well. So uh, listen, so for number one, for brain focus, but also just for a little kick to your metabolism, you know, statistically we see about a 10% increase in your metabolic activity when you consume caffeine. Now caffeine, there's different forms and different sources. All right, let's be clear about that. You want to make sure that if you are utilizing caffeine, we're getting it from a viable natural source, ideally. And coffee is obviously one of the kind of highly touted sources of caffeine, but it, it can be a little bit of a, it's a nervous system stimulant. So we want to keep it balanced. And the medicinal mushrooms being such an alkaline uh, substance really helps to balance the acidity of the coffee and not get that big spike in energy and then you crash. And plus with Four Sigmatic, you're going to see a reduction in the overall caffeine as well. It's really high quality coffee. So this is organic. So you're not dealing with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, rodenticides. Side means to kill guys. All right, we're not trying to kill. We're not trying to kill our brain. We're not trying to kill ourselves. We want to be aware of that stuff and get high quality coffee. That's what you're going to have in Four Sigmatic. And we're seeing statistically about a 10% to 12% increase in your metabolic rate. So literally, and specifically, researchers have found it's from oxidation of actual fat. 
by utilizing caffeine, all right? But let's get it in a natural source from organic coffee and not some random company X, whatever, crazy supplement, all right? Crunk juice or whatever, you know, some kind of crazy stuff people put in their body, all right? And plus it helps to balance out with this kind of strong nervous system stimulant that caffeine can be with coffee. We've got the alkaline nature of the medicinal mushroom that really helps to give that, that consistent energy and consistent feeling. So Cordyceps is another coffee blend that they have, Cordyceps and Chaga. So that's the one I really use pre-workout. Uh, Cordyceps is clinically proven to increase um, oxygenation of your cells and also just increase overall stamina. Again, this is clinically proven. So I don't know what you're waiting for if you're not utilizing Four Sigmatic, all right? So head over, check them out. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. All right, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. 15% off all of their coffee blends, mushroom blends, mushroom elixirs. They got the reishi, the lion's mane chaga, all the good stuff, dual extracted. So you're getting all the terpene compounds and all the beta glucan compounds all married together in one delicious sippable cup. And by the way, I like it with a little almond milk, a little splash of almond milk, maybe a little bit of grass-fed butter or coconut oil or MCT or whatever you're into, all right? Dress it up, make it pretty, all right? So head over, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, Absolutely Love It by K. Patrick One. I absolutely love this show. I've been going two weeks now listening to this podcast and each episode is better than the last. It has drastically changed the way I see health, fitness, and nutrition, and helped me to improve my overall health. I really loved and appreciated the segment on cancer. Having personally been through this myself at the age of 17 and doctors telling me I needed chemo and there was no natural alternative, I did not listen and decided to change my lifestyle by exercising more, eating healthier, and sleeping better. I'm hitting 26 this year and it has not returned. People should be aware that there are alternatives. I appreciate everything you're doing. Wow, that was an incredible, incredible message. And I'm so very happy for you. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, that just means everything. And everybody, thank you for heading over to iTunes and leaving these reviews. Please keep them coming if you've yet to do so. Let's go. Get over there and leave us a review for the show. Let everybody know what you think. All right, on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Peter Park. And Peter Park is a three-time winner of the world's toughest Ironman and current record holder of several endurance competitions, including the Catalina 50-mile ultramarathon. And as a strength and conditioning coach, Peter has 28 years of experience training elite athletes, big screen celebrities, top touring musicians, and common citizens that are serious about their fitness, mobility, and longevity. Among Peter's athlete clientele are 2017 National League MVP Giancarlo Stanton, uh, 2017 World Series champion Justin Verlander, and let's take a look at, oh, oh, don't forget WNBA star Diana Taurasi as well, which I've been a huge fan of her since college, and a couple of actors he's working with, Harry Styles, okay, shout out One Direction, went different directions, but Harry <laughs> is the man. And uh, also actors Rob Lowe, Don Johnson, and Peter's also the author of two books, Rebound, which, guys, I'm telling you, this is a must-have in your library for sure. And also his book, Foundation, Redefine Your Core, Conquer Back Pain, and Move with Confidence. Peter owns Platinum Fitness, and this is his Santa Barbara gym, and he lives in Montecito with his wife, Kelly, and two sons, Hayden 
and Carter. And now he's on the Model Health Show. I'd like to welcome Mr. Peter Park. How are you doing today, Peter? Good. How are you? I'm so happy to be on there. I'm doing great. Very, very happy to talk to you. And I'm loving your book. I'm loving your story. And I would love to share it with everybody. So what's your, you're a superhero, man. I mean, clearly, like you're one of those elite people that it's just like your story is incredible. So let's talk about your superhero origin story. What got you kind of interested in health and fitness in the first place? Uh, ever since I remember, I've been really into health and fitness. When I was young, I started out with surfing when I was a kid. I seem to be influenced by, you know, I have 12 brothers and sisters. So I'm, I'm one of 12. Where are you I'm, in that I'm rank? at the spoiled end, the 10th, at the <laughs> bottom end. So, you know, I had tons of sisters and brothers to look up to. My, my older brother made surfboards and was a pretty prominent surfboard maker. So I started surfing when I was like two, three. I mean, I could stand up when I was young and and I play and I uh, I surfed for, you know, that was my passion. Then my sister ended up marrying one of the best pro beach volleyball players. And in sixth grade, I turned to volleyball and I wanted to know everything about it, how these guys train, how they, from a young age, it was kind of weird. I was really into like the fitness part of it. Like why does this guy better than the other? You know, why can this guy jump higher? I just little thing before I even knew what was going on. From volleyball, I, I turned to triathlons, which went, you know, which is a whole endurance component where I learned about energy systems and eating and mistakes and injuries. Because I always went from zero to 100 and made every mistake, every injury in the world. But that was a huge so, pivot. I want to ask you about this because this is something that jumped out in the book. Was that pivot? Because I was like, how did he get from like volleyball and this competitive kind of fast twitch intense and then to the ultra marathons? And I think it was sparked by your sister and you doing a race with her. Can you tell us exactly. a little bit about that story? Yeah. Yeah. She was um, a buddy. I mean, she was going to, she was, a, she ended up being, you know, winning, you know, NCAAs in the 10,000 meters. Her name's Jamie. And uh, she went to Arkansas. So one day when she was back, I'm, I, you know, I was probably, I was heavier back. You know, after volleyball, I went through, I worked at, I've worked at a gym since I've been like seventh, eighth grade. You know, I worked in a really big powerlifting gym where, you know, really big powerlifters worked out. After volleyball, I got into this big bodybuilding type phase. I was like 200 pounds, you know, and I was squatting huge weights and I was into that phase. But my sister came home and she said, oh, and I'm like, oh, I could beat you in a 10K, you know? Mm. So I went down to the beach and she beat me by five minutes. And I, from that day, I mean, literally, I remember came home and I go, okay, I'm going to do an Ironman. I'd seen Ironman on, on TV with people crawling over the finish line, you know, barely able to move. And it was just, you know, of course, that was my mentality. Okay, well, now I do the hardest thing there is. So I ended up doing my first one a year later from that, that day. That's nuts. Yeah, that's not what I feel when I see somebody crawling across the finish line, you know. But I think that this is sparked by something a little bit deeper that you go into in the book. And I think people can identify with this, you know. There was like a, an addictive kind of... Uh, atmosphere in your household. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that and how your dad kind of influenced? Oh, yeah. You know, growing up, you know, by the time my dad retired very young, and I think that was a big mistake of his when he was around. He was only like 50, sold his company, and we moved up to Santa Barbara when I was real young. And he just was bored, and, he, you know, he drank, and, you know, and I just saw, you know, he wasn't one of those violent drunks, but it was just he was drunk in the morning, and he would embarrass me at volleyball games and, Working out was just a huge escape for me. I mean, I would, you know, I would go to the beach. I, I mean, I, you know, everyone still to the same goes, what drove you to do what you did? I mean, I would ride my bike when I was 12 years old, you know, 10 miles to the beach, play until 
you know, go down to the beach until, you know, six at night, ride home and then go to the gym. And just one of the, it was a, it was my way of escaping from, you know, instead of turning to drugs and what a lot of kids do, I, mine turned to more of a, I don't know if I'd call it a healthy addiction because it was pretty far to the right. And I learned a lot of lessons and I still struggle with that, okay, overdoing stuff. And, and that's been a big part of my maturity the last, you know, say five years, you know, is learning to, you know, have a little more balance. Wow, that's that's huge. And that's incredible, like, evolution as a person. But because I think a lot of people that kind of embrace and get into endurance sports like that, they have a similar thing, you know, in a way, like you even kind of mentioned, like running from something, you know, in essence. You know, there is definitely joy to be found there and, and accomplishing things, but it can also be like a psychological thing where it's it, it can be unhealthy, you know, but you found... Uh, some 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 balance in in the way that you approach your training and also um, just how you live your life and it's kind of highlighted in rebound. So what I want to ask you about now is, okay, so you're competing and you're like doing stuff at this high level, like you're actually winning some of the toughest races out there. What was what inspired you to start training other people though? Like where did that come about? I think it started when I had when I had kids. You know, my wife was a, a elite athlete too. She was a, a runner and a, and a mountain bike racer. So, you know, when we were first married and we didn't have kids, it was, we're both very independent and we, you know, we had great times together, but we were also able to go, you know, do our things. So when the kids came, it was like, you know, I wanted to be there for the kids. And I'd say the first couple of years I, I had my, my best races, you know, my second son was born at, that's where I raced, uh, my fastest running races, but it was a slow progression because I stopped doing Ironmans, which is, it's, and there's no way to be balanced when you're training for an elite Ironman. There's no way. I mean, you can finish one, but to finish in the top, I mean, it's a full-time job and you can't, I knew when I had kids, that was not a, that was not going to be. So I, that's when I switched to ultra running and I had some of my best races when uh, the kids were young. But then that's when I um, first started, that's when I started training Lance. You know, Lance has always been a good friend. I knew him during the triathlon years. And we, you know, he, whenever he came to town for, with his team, they trained here every winter. I would work with them and his team a little bit at the gym. Mm -hmm. But then during his comeback, I uh, started training him full time. I traveled to his house almost every other week for a couple months. And through Lance, I met a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, he did, he called, he called me like, okay, you're like the secret that no one knows about, you know, he didn't. And so this is Lance Armstrong. So this is after he retired, then you guys got connected and then you were yeah. working with him well, for he his came comeback. To Santa, right. He came to Santa Barbara and he was very out of shape. And I, you know, he might not like me saying it, but I could beat him in everything we did. I mean, the weight room, oh. running, even on the mountain bike I could. But within a few weeks, he, Lance, the real Lance came out. And that was when the Olympics was going on and uh, some swimmers were over 40 and he was watching the tour and like, oh, these guys are soft. I could come back. So quickly he decided, you know, very quickly you know, once he decides to come back, I mean, he's got spawn. It's not, there's no turning back, you know? So, so he came back and then that's where I started meeting a lot of people in LA and, and I got kind of, that just those connections everyone kind of looks for. You can be very good, but if you're not connected, it's, it's hard to make it, you know, sometimes to get into that next level. I say, I was fine in my, in Santa Barbara training. There was a lot of wealthy people, but to go to that next level where I'm working with pro basketball, baseball, it was taken, you know, I had to go to L.A. and, um, and do a little more. Uh, and I just wanted to go to that next level. And that's when and there was no that's when I decided. And I just started enjoying working with kids. And I just like then it, it kind of switched over to my wanting to help others more than myself. Mm. 
And that was a big transition for me because then it was letting go of, of, you know, when you're an athlete, you're a lot of times you're very selfish. Yeah. And once you just, you make that change, it's like, if it's between me making a workout and me getting, you know, one of my CEO guys in shape, I'd pick them, which before was not the case. Man, that's powerful. So it was just that big, it's that long, you know, it's that transition I was lucky enough and smart enough to make. Wow. Man, I was not expecting you to say that. That's really a profound statement. And I, that's so funny because we're just getting connected recently. So I'm very similar. It's kind of weird even talking about it now. And I, I posted on Instagram maybe a couple months ago just about this. And the first sentence was like, I was really selfish. I used to be very selfish and self-centered. But I didn't mm -hmm. know because you're like in your own world, like you're in your own head. You don't realize that your actions are very self-centered. It's kind of a natural progression. Like kids, for example, they're, they're really about themselves. Like they want to be happy and they don't have any kind of uh, holding back on the fact that they want what they want. But as we evolve and grow, I think we go through phases. But for me, I was very self-centered, but my life ended up after going through own tragedy with my own health and getting myself healthy, somehow I transitioned over to caring about other people so much more and just wanting them to experience what I had to the degree that like, I'm okay, so I'm just gonna, like, I start to focus on people. And even today, this is a true story. This morning when I woke up, the first thing I asked is, how can I serve today? And I just kind of replay that thought in my mind whenever I even think about it, like there's some space there, I ask. And just let, let my brain ruminate on that. And so hearing you say that is why you're great at what you do, and that's so powerful, man. I, I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, what you just said was 100%, almost the same transition I went through, exactly. Yeah. It was, you know, just caring about, you know, and wanting to reach more people than I could. Cause that's what my, you know, goal now is like, I want to do stuff like these podcasts and and books and other things to reach as many people as I can to help them. Cause I'm the type that will walk down the street and see someone and go, oh, I could fix that girl. I could fix her. I know exactly what's wrong with her. And I want to go up to her and go, oh, just do this, you know. But you know, you can't help everyone, you know. And I got to get out because I tend to take on too much, um, too much, and then that's one of my problems where I have to like. You know, I got to have a little balance here. I can't, I can't grab at everything I want. Yeah, man, that's so crazy. I, same thing. Like I went through, especially when I was a strength and conditioning coach and working at a university and seeing people all the time, just like I wanted to, to and some people would probably be like, well, why didn't you say something? You know, because number yeah. one, I really am more so like, if you ask me, you know, because I've had people say stuff to me before, you know, like I might be doing something. And, you know, they come over, they're like, they, they got the cure. They got, they're the whole expert in this particular lift. Like, man, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Like, I don't, I don't need you to tell yeah. me, you know? So <laughs> having that aspect, but also being willing to share when somebody asks you, you know, I think that's where I was really at and just, but I had my eye on just like, man, if, if they would just do this or, you know, like watching that kind of thing and seeing that same kind of thing, like I can help fix yeah. that. So, uh -huh. wow, same thing. So quick thing is, um. You mentioned earlier with growing your career as a trainer, how big connections were. And I just want to highlight that because that's something else that I didn't believe in. Like I was very much lone wolf syndrome and just like, I'm going to do this on my merits, on my own. I'm just going to be great, world right. renowned, top nutritionist on the planet, just on my uh -huh. own accord. And it just doesn't yeah. work like that. I had to get over that because... Really, if we're going to do anything of great substance in the world, it's going to be with and through other people. And that's okay. You know, because I didn't like the idea of other people getting advantages because of who they knew. But the reality is you creating yourself to be valuable and people knowing about you is like the biggest leverage point that you got. Yeah, I have to say 
When I was younger, when I first started getting some success, I mean, I'm one of the most competitive people you know, and I would go, if I learned something in a seminar, I wouldn't want people to know, or I'd get kind of irritated if they would do it, you know, I'm like, oh. But now, I, I mean, I surround myself with mentors and anyone, any trainer that comes, I'll show them, you know, I've matured so much that I want to see other people succeed now, where before, it was like, I, I was almost jealous if someone had success. I did. I looked at it as almost like a I was failing, like they were better than me, like, and, and now it's like, I, you know, people come to the gym and watch me all the time, you know, other trainer, big trainers and big mentors now, and, and some, like, Pavel has become one of my good friends, and I just love how balanced, I, I'm surrounding myself with people who I respect, and I see how they live their lives, how I want me to be, and I see the young guys in, in, in LA, and like, they're just like, and I understand, them. I'm like, I was there, I know why are you, how you are. You know, so I think I'm just older now and I just, I can see the whole thing and I see where I want to go, but I'm also happy. I want to bring other people up and, and, and get them, you know, I love to see other people with success now, which that was a big maturity thing for me. And, and it's, and it's, it's enlightened my life, you know, a hundred percent. Wow. Also, of course, it's who you surround yourself with and, you know, and um, beginning of your career and having that training partner early on and kind of that transition for uh, four connections. You mentioned Lance Armstrong. You also mentioned the book, you know, say what you will about him with the stories, with the, you know, behind the scenes stuff that, you know, with the, with the PEDs. But mm -hmm. what was it about his mentality that regardless of any of that stuff, it was something to really behold? Oh, uh, to this day, I mean, I mean, that's hard for me because I see an athlete, any endurance athlete, any athlete, and I'm like, no one compares to him. I mean, he, left no stone unturned. I mean, he worked harder than anyone I know. He would go to the wind tunnel, he'd weigh his food, and he knew he was smart. He never overtrained. He just knew when to push, when not to. For me, being able to go see his physiologist work on him and anaerobic threshold stuff, the training programs. I mean, I got like a PhD in, in endurance training working with him, and mm -hmm. he just works, outworks anybody. You know, and, but the thing, there's outworking and there's overworking, as you know. Mm -hmm. Some people can have all the talent in the world, but if they got some stuff going on in their life where that they're using that as an escape, you know, like I was a little bit, I mean, you know, I was all, when I, in my career, especially early, I was always on the verge of overtraining, mm -hmm. always. I would have a few good races, but, you know, a lot of the times I was always struggling, overtraining, coming back. And I think a lot of people are still that way in a lot of stuff they do in their life. They just, there's so much of the high intensity and this and that, they forget the rest is just as important as the actual training, mm -hmm. or if not more. So he just was smart and, and just no one could outwork that guy. I mean, he, of course, he had the genetics to go with it. So yeah. that's why I was spoiled. I mean, you know, I know what I mean, so far, no one I've had has even come close to what his work ethic and what he, what he does. So what I want to ask you about is, you know, you've been in the game for about three decades now, you know, which yeah. is just like out of this world. So you just automatically would have a level of wisdom and insight and experimentation that other folks just don't have. And so it was really interesting and refreshing to see that you had met uh, Dr. Philip Maffetone. Maffetone, yeah. And yeah. he kind of changed your paradigm. So can Still, you talk a little bit about day. that? Yeah. So this well, is 1991, not, by the way. When yeah, you this him. is early. This is early. And, you know, a lot of, uh, at this time, I was, you know, getting top 10 in Ironman's traveling all over but again I was always getting going up and then getting I got mono and then I got this I got every injury in the book I'd have great races but then I'd crash and burn 
same with my diet. I mean, I lived off sugar, you know, it was just sugar, sugar, sugar. You know, I thought, oh, I work out eight hours a day. I can just eat whatever I want. Then I started reading some of the top guys were doing, were working with Phil Malfatone. And he had this idea. I mean, his basic thing was you got to go slow to get fast. So it was, you got to build an aerobic base, keep your heart rate low, build a very strong aerobic foundation. And along with it, instead of using sugar for your main source, use fat. So that, I mean, he was one of the early pioneers of low carb, good fats. He was one of the first ones that this was in the late 80s, early 90s. So I changed over and it was very weird to go from like eating frosted flakes and, you know, oatmeal. And I remember many times getting done with a seven hour ride, having a huge banana pancakes and just not being able to pry myself off the couch. Like literally, like literally mm -hmm. like connected to the couch, can't get off. But then, so it was, then it was, then it, you know, it was the 40, 30, 30 back then, which is pretty similar to a lot of ways people eat now, the 40% carbs, 30 fat, 30 protein. I mean, that was, it was like the zone type diet. So that changed my whole world because I, you know, I started to be able to, you know, go on and then eight hour, you know, six hour rides with hardly any sugar. I was burning a different fuel for energy and that, you know, changed my world in the long distance stuff because I, you know. When I first started, I remember starting and say, okay, 180 minus your age is the heart rate. So say, you know, if you're 50, you know, you have to go 130 or, or so. And I remember going at first, like, there's no way I can go this slow. I mean, this is ridiculous. I can't even, you know, I still to this day, I still follow this with my clients today. And people just, you know, some, the patience it takes to do this is, is a lot. So, but then, you know, quickly I see, you know, within seven weeks, I was running 550 pace at 130 heart rate, 140 heart rate, which is a phenomenal. So, you know, and I still use these things with every athlete I have. I mean, I think no matter if you're a power athlete, you're a golfer, anything, you've got to build, if you build that aerobic base, you're going to recover quicker. And if you learn to burn fat for fuel, you're just going to be better off. And, and, you know, the carb thing, there's a big controversy with carbs. I'm always go by, you know, your output. If you're, if you're a baseball player, not burning that many carbs, you know, you can probably keep it a hundred grams, 150 grams. And, you know, as long as they're good and, and, and then with an endurance athlete, you know, add some, add some quinoa. I've been, and I've been playing with the, you can starch a lot just in my, I mean, I'm, a, I'm always a guinea pig with my, my mm -hmm. diet stuff. So right now I've been eating pretty, pretty almost keto, but then I just add some a little of uh, this you can starch, you know, that it has, it has no influence mm -hmm. on your blood sugar. And I've had, I mean, right now I've only been doing this for like five, I mean, been testing this five weeks and I've, I haven't felt, I've never felt better as far as, you know, I'm the one that'll tell people, okay, I don't want you to go hard year round. Let's pick a few little sections here, you know, maybe three weeks and go hard, but then let's build your base and, and go back. Never, you know, cause I don't, I just don't think it's good for you to go high intensity stuff year round and you can't stay lean year round. You got to give your body a break and kind of wave it. And that's kind of how I train all my, you know, all my clients, you know, to, okay, let's, okay, let's push it. Let's pick a race. Let's pick something that challenges you a little bit. Let's climb this mountain. Let's do something to challenge you and let's train for it. And let's start with, you know, I'll train you like an athlete, you know, it, it gives them purpose. Let's start with almost like a really low carb and go really low intensity, build your strength. You know, get you to burn fat and then, you know, start adding carbs We'll do some intensity and do your race and then go back. It's it's just a good way to train people, keeps them engaged and gives people breaks. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's just like you said, I've learned so much from all the all these people and, and what I've done so many years that I've kind of formed my own kind of philosophy and brand that you know, goes with a lot of different people. Wow. Now, this is I, I'm really excited to have you on and to share 
your story with everybody because there's a big shift that's taking place and you've kind of been ahead of this curve and looking at, uh, you know, when we're talking about like ultra, people running ultra marathons and Iron, Ironman competitions and being fueled on conventional methods and seeing people crash and burn, like you said. Yeah. And so this is in your book, Rebound, Regain Strength, Move Effortlessly, Live Without Limits at Any Age. All right, again, this is the, from the book Rebound. Let me read this part from, the, from your story. So this is after you took on reluctantly a little bit this approach of ha- having a higher fat protocol. So this was on the day of the 2000 Catalina Ultra. I was excited to see how I'd perform. During the race, I fueled only with electrolyte replacement and a higher fat, lower sugar drink to power me through. Over the five hours and 45 minutes it took me to finish, I never felt the highs and lows of that energy roller coaster I had encountered in the past. And I broke the course record by 20 minutes. My experiment of using fat as my primary fuel for racing was a rousing success. Wow, that is crazy, crazy. Yeah, that was a big what the hell effect right there. And, you know, and that was, you know, 2001. I still, I still go to that today. I mean, of course, there's always you know, science and tweaks. And I go ketogenic maybe two or three times a year just to give my metabolism a little, you know, I don't, I can't live in ketogenic. I tried things just didn't feel great, you know, and if I, you know, if I wanted to go hard or I wanted to do some high intensity stuff, it didn't, um, it didn't work. But when I'm doing my low intensity stuff, I'm absolutely fine with it. And my strength stuff seems to be fine on ketogenic. But when I, uh, when I want to, you know, I, you know, I still like, like, like you talk about Ironman. I personally don't think it's a healthy lifestyle if you do them, you know, for 20 Mm -hmm. years. If someone has a, okay, I want to do one Ironman. I'm like, great, go for it. But as a lifestyle to do it 30 years, I mean, that's, it's not, I would say that's not healthy. You know, that's like, you might as well smoke cigarettes. Almost. I mean, it's like, you know, compared to what it's going to do to your body, but I always want everyone to have some sort of challenge. And that's what I try to get my clients to have some sort of goal other than just going in the gym. People don't play enough. It's so mechanical yeah. that there's no, you know, people don't crawl on the ground. They don't get up. They don't play. They just look and it's like, you just go in the gym and have, okay, we're doing three sets of this. It's like, let's do something outside, like let's find something you're a little uncomfortable with and do it. And just as people, I find all my clients are so much better off that way when they get out of their comfort zones and, and kind of challenge themselves. It gives them something a little more, you know, in their life to, to look for. And I think the physical, you know, as you know, with everyone, you know, the physical can change your whole, I mean, that's what I love about the CEO guys. I can change the athletes by, they're looking for that little 2% change, but I love when I take a CEO guy that has everything but nothing, you know, doesn't have his health. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it changed their lives 100% all around. It's like that just, that's what, that's why I do what I do because I can, I can completely change someone's life. And I know that if, and everyone, like you said, everyone's different. Someone can go really strict. Okay. Well, all we're going to do is get up swings and heavy farmer walks. That's all we're doing for some guys can go. Yes, that's it then you got to know the person. If I did that with everyone, I wouldn't have her. I wouldn't have that many clients because there's some guys you got to trick and not trick, but you got to find what kind of makes them and still put your philosophy, but you can't do the same thing that you can't be strict in your output because everyone, you got to, you got to be able to read the person and, and decide what's going to drive them. Yeah. That's what great trainers do. Great nutritionists, great physicians, they cater things to the person and pay attention, you know? And so that's, 
real words of wisdom. Um, I want to just take a quick step back. I wanted to highlight your approach in using a higher fat protocol, just to let everybody know. We've talked about this on past episodes. It's not necessarily something that I subscribe to 100% for sure myself, but just know mm-hmm. that it's possible and it might be something that's ideal for you. And versus, you know, carbohydrates fueling yourself on all the gels and all this different stuff and all the sugar, it's kind of a, it's a dirtier burning fuel in a way. You know, we can look at what happens with advanced glycation in products and, you know, issues with your blood sugar. Like there's some, there's some definitely big, big questions there. So if you are competing, doing these, which you, you're sharing with everybody, it's kind of an extreme sport. You know, if you're talking about doing Ironman competitions, do ultra marathons, think about maybe fueling yourself differently and even training differently, which is what we're going to talk about next. So with that said, I want to talk about training and we're going to do that right after this quick break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Today, we're in the midst of a new revolution with our understanding of food. We used to just be focused on this macronutrient paradigm, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates and proteins got a pretty good name, but fats were drugged through the mud. Why is that? Because it's called fat, all right? The name implies something different than the other two. Because when we hear the word fat, we think about fat on our bodies. Fat in food and fat in our bodies are two totally different things. And it's like thinking, if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue. When you think that eating fat is going to turn you fat. It just doesn't work like that. And any of those three macronutrients can actually put fat on your body if you eat too much or the wrong types. Healthy fats, which I'm proposing that we start to call lipids or even energy, are incredibly important for every single function in your body. Your cells, every single cell in your body, we have upwards of 100 trillion cells that make you up require fats to just maintain the integrity of your cell membranes. We're talking about the thing that holds your cells together and enables your cells to communicate. It's very important. Also your brain, your brain is mostly fat and water. This is why fats are so important. When you're deficient in fats, especially the right kinds of fats, you can see some big issues. So in order to address that, some of my favorite things today are MCT oils. And specifically, if we look at emulsified MCT oils that actually taste amazing. And these are medium chain triglyceride oils that are extracted from things like coconut or palm. And these medium chain triglycerides have a thermogenic effect on the body, which means they are able to positively alter your metabolism. All right, that's number one, thermogenic effect from MCT oils, positively altering your metabolism. Number two, MCTs are more easily absorbed by your cells. So unlike conventional food of any type that has to go through a pretty arduous process of digestion, turning that food stuff into you stuff, MCTs are able to go directly to your cells and provide almost instant energy. And number three, MCT oils are very protective of your microbiome. There's so much research today about the importance of having a healthy microbiome and the integrity of our gut. MCT oils are one of those things that help to support that because they're especially effective at combating viruses, parasites, bacteria. There's so much goodness that is able to be found in these MCT oils, but you want to get the good stuff. And for me, that's why I go to onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L to get the emulsified MCT oils, which is like a coffee creamer. These are great to add to your coffees and teas, smoothies and things like that to get in a little bit of extra flavor plus all the benefits of MCT oils. They're easy to stir so you don't have to throw everything into a blender just to get a nice coffee drink. 
but also they taste good and they make the process of being healthy, fun, and enjoyable. So head over, check them out. They've got vanilla, coconut, cinnamon swirl, and strawberry. It's one of my favorites. So go to onit.com forward slash model for 10% off your entire purchase, not just for the MCT oil, but all of the health and human performance supplements that Onit carries and all of their fitness equipment, gear, and so much other cool stuff. All right, head over there, check them out, onit.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. All right, we are back and we're talking with superstar trainer, Peter Park. And before we went to break, we're talking about nutrition and fueling yourself possibly with a higher fat protocol doing even endurance related sports and how like Peter was able to crush it doing that, you know, but he doesn't subscribe to this 100%. And I think this is the most, this is why he's so good at what he does, because even mentioning some cycling of carbohydrates, bringing in carbs, especially when you're doing a higher intensity day, for example, it's really about doing things that are appropriate for the time for you, for where you are right now, right? And that can change and just being aware that, it's okay to change and, ad- and adjust things, all right? So just keep that in mind. So also before the break, I mentioned fitness, and this is what you're really known for. So you named the book Rebound, all right? You named the book Rebound. What does that mean in regards to fitness for folks? The Rebound came from uh, in the gym in Santa Barbara in LA. It's the clients, you know, the people had kids, uh, you know, went to work, and they were athletes, or maybe they weren't, and then they don't know where to start and they're, they're from sitting, they're tight, they're inflamed from eating bad, they're overweight. And it's like, they don't know where to start. I've had many people go to, you know, those high, you know, get insanity or whatever those things are and get hurt within a week. So what I want to do is, okay, let's rebound you. Here's a healthy way to do it. Here's the whole program. Here's how to move. Here's some cardio. Here's some mobility stuff. Just follow this program and then it'll give you the steps then you can pretty much, you could go to these things and be a lot safer. And you'll, you know, some people can live in the rebound program. It's got everything in it. Once you finish it, you will be better and you'll move better. You'll be stronger. You'll have, you'll be eating better. And then if you want to go on to do CrossFit, a marathon, whatever else, you know, you'll have the tools and the foundation of strength and cardio to pretty much do whatever you want. And that's where, no, I just saw so many variables out there for people. They couldn't, they didn't know where to where to go. There's there's CrossFit, there's Mumba, Jumba, or whatever. There's so many exercise programs out there. People don't know where to start, and it's it, there's so many variables that it's like you can't control them all. So it's like I wanted to give a program that would like okay, cut all the BS out of it and just do, you know, this is what works, you know, and just I've done this for 50 years. I've done it with a million clients. Just this is, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to follow. It's common sense, common sense nutrition, common sense exercise. And, and it gives you a program. Because I didn't see anything out there that did, every, you know, put all the program together. There was something that talked about weightlifting. There's something that talked about food. There's something that talked about how important building a cardio basis. But they didn't put them all, people didn't know how to put it all together in a package. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, and I wanted to tell it through my, be kind of honest and open. Like I've, I've made a million mistakes. I wanted to tell it through my story of fitness and not make it like a textbook. I didn't want to preach at people. I wanted to go, this is how, this is the mistakes I made. And this is how I came up with this stuff. And it's been a lot of practice and a lot of heartache and a lot of stuff that went through this to get this book to be, to fine tune this, to make it for a lot of, to help a lot of people. Yeah, man. And you did such a great job 
And I'm even looking at the programs here in the book and how you walk everybody through it. Um, one of the things that you do, whether it's an elite athlete, we're talking like you've got folks who are winning MVP in baseball. You've got um, top performers in the world in, on, on screen, um, uh, singers, all this stuff. It doesn't matter who it is. Even folks who are like, you would think they're the best movers in the world because they're athletes and they're doing this stuff at a high level. When they come in, you'll have them go through very basic fundamental movements to check things out. And you'd be surprised how often they're missing some of these kind of functional patterns, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, right now I have 12 draft picks of the NBA. I'm working with them for the combine for the drafts. And I've done this every year for the past six years. And and these guys are usually one and doneers, you know, that really haven't had a lot of work at, at the college level. They're usually 18, 19. And it's, it's unbelievable, like, what I see when they come in. I mean, I watch them on the court and they look like magic. You know, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. But you get them to do a squat or any kind of basic movement we should all be able to do, it's like there's more problems than the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Ankles are inflexible. They have no, I mean, hips are loose. I mean, hips are immobile, almost like pe- people that have been sitting driving for 20 years. It's, you know, I don't know if it's just as kids, we sit more, we don't run around as much, but it seems every year it gets a little, and, I, and to unwind them, you got to unwind these guys and go and get them, get, put chains on the bar and get them. But it's like the best thing they need is just to show them how to tension their bodies, get some mobility and just bring, bring back their basic patterns. And that's, I mean, these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. And they're, they're as bad as almost some of the, the CEO guys that haven't trained in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's everyone. I mean, it's, I very rarely do I see someone that comes in that hasn't you know trained with a good trainer that moves well. I mean, everyone, I mean, a lot of people lose these patterns yeah. um, and across the board. And what I'm now understanding is that world-class athletes are actually the very best. We're talking world-class at compensation. Oh, right? 100%. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I, just a few guys I've seen, I went and watched um, all the, the GMs came and I went and watched them play. And the guy that I see has the most problems, got the most rave reviews <laughs> after the combine. And I see this guy, he has he can't squat more than 20 degrees because he has no ankles. I mean, he his shoulder, one of the shoulders is, is totally mo- and, sh- and thrown and rounded forward. You know, for, so for him, I mean, I, I go to him, I go, look, when you're after this, you're coming back and we're going to fix these things because you're an accident waiting to happen. So you see, the, but on the court, these GMs, you know, you know, these guys should hire someone like me or you to go see these guys go, look, you guys, these things need to be fixed first, you know, before they're good. Now they're 18, but get them to be right. 22 and you're going to, you know, you've seen the NBA, yeah. so many injuries were this year. And it's hard because, you know, there's that pressure from I got to get them in shape for these combines and this. But it comes back where I got to, you know, you got, you know, just for my own purpose, I got to, I got to, guys, they have, they can't do this stuff yet. They can't even squat. You know, the GMs have started and the agents have all started to trust me now. And, and so it's, I think that's needed, especially in young, young youth athletes. I, I train, you know, youth groups almost. I don't really try. I, I do it for free. I just love youth. I love mentoring kids because you can, you know, not to make all the mistakes we made and they got so much pressure from club sports and this just to give them that, that gift of just moving from when they're, 
they're young. I mean, I had a great video of these 10 year olds once moving like perfect robots, you know, after mm -hmm. six weeks that, you know, and then if those patterns are set, they got them forever. Once they learn how to move and how to tension their bodies, lock in and, and be safe. I say, you guys earn the right to lift weights. I mean, it's a skill like lifting and strength training is a skill. It's not just someone could just go in and oh, just pick up that deadlift off the floor. As you know, there's a lot that goes on there. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, like lock your lats, tension, you know, lock, push through the floor. There's a lot of things. And people just think, oh, just lift that off the floor. It's, it's a skill, like like a tennis forehand. That's what I try to, I can give the gift to these MBA kids is learn how to move. And you're going to go to all these programs where you could get lost in the shuffle and you're going to be safe. That's yeah. kind of my, my goal there. I love this statement from uh, Kelly Starrett when he said that it's not practice makes perfect. It's practice makes permanent. And so as they're, as they're doing this stuff with bad, you know, low level skill, for example, on the deadlift and creating those grooves, literally creating so that they're laying down more and more myelin in their brain to do this incorrectly. They're creating this, this dysfunctional movement pattern that translates over into so many other things. So you mentioned like the guy not having the ankle mobility, you might end up seeing overdevelopment with the quads, strain on the knees. The posterior chain isn't working right. And you said it, he's an accident waiting to happen. But what if we focus on these foundational things for everybody, you know, just right out of the gate so they can not only, the thing is, and what I'm hearing is an issue, and I know this because of myself, it's being able to just take a step back to slow down a little bit, to focus on the small things so that you can do the big things even better. You know, but we just want the big things now, big things now, big things now. That's, yeah, that, you said it right there. You know, people want it now. It's like the American way, I want it now, you know? It's like they don't have, I remember training a couple kids group and one of the parents came and was like, why aren't they doing box jumps and ladders? And I'm like, because he's not ready yet, you know? So it's that mentality of all these variables to, you know, that kids want to do that sometimes the simplest programs are by far Luckily, I have some credibility, so you know people will listen to me. And I, so if I can get anything out there, it, it's it's to preach this. And like you know, it's not really that difficult. Do the, a few things really well, and you're going to be better off than if you do a lot of things horrible. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's go through and just kind of list off some of those basic movements that folks should target being able to do and do properly. So you mentioned body weight squat. What are a few other ones? Uh, the hinge is probably the most important, I would have to say. Everyone has to have a, a good hip hinge. You know, be able to go from the hips and keep the back locked in and, and you know, picking up a plant, picking up anything. You know, if you can't hinge and everything from the gym comes from that, the deadlift, the squat, the kettlebell swings, you know. It, you know, a beautiful hinge is, is great. You know, it helps everything. I mean, so that's the number one thing I like to see, you know, people get in and be able to hinge very tightly and very, you know, with good, good technique and, and have that flat back. Everything's locked in. You're going through your hamstrings and butt. That's doing all the work and not your lower back. That's the best. That's number one for sure for me. Got the hip hinge. So you got hip hinge. We've got uh, squat, body weight squat. What else? What uh, are some other things you lunge, test? You know, a lunge. You know, people should be able to move side to side like a side lunge and load, load their, their butt and not their knees. You know, basic body weight stuff, push-ups. I've seen a lot of people that can do great planks, but you put them in a dynamic mode and they just turn into London Bridge. You know, their back, their back just gets, you know, they can't hold a, a stable spine in anything dynamic. So, you know, working on that, the core strength is huge for me. You know, getting people not only just in a, you know, normal plank, but in dynamic motions and 
and things like this. So core strength, shoulder mobility. A lot of people get stuck, rounded shoulders. You know, thoracic spine is another huge one for me. People's thoracic spines get very congested. And that a lot of times will uh, will clear up a lot of shoulder issues if you can just get that moving a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. their T-spine a little bit. That's great. And to, to do some of these things in the book, you have uh, various hinges that you put people in to do different exercises in the hinge position, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. So hip hinge rows, you've got the kettlebell, uh, kettlebell hinges as well behind the back, some really interesting stuff that some of this is even new, like I've not seen, really, really cool stuff. What I'm trying to do is just start people with very basic body weight exercises, isometric, like you know, from the foundation program that uh, Dr. Goodman and I created a while ago. And then once they got those hinge patterns down, then this stuff just becomes very easy. You know, once you got the foundation exercises down, you, know, you take them to the gym and it's just like magic. I mean, I have a video of my son when he did, he, he was never done, you know, when he's 10 years old, he'd never done a, a hex bar deadlift, put him under, it looks like he did it for 10 years because he knew how to lock in, he knew how to lock his lats, he knew how to do everything. And it was just, that was like almost a tears in my eyes. I was like, oh God, this is exactly what I wanted to see. You know, these kids transitioning from all this body weight stuff to this and just becoming a segue into a very natural, natural thing. To see these kids do it safely and, and, and get them out of high school. I mean, I still have kids from, have kids that have their own kids now that still come back and see me, that, that mentorship. And, and you know, I love to get kids from the freshman year all the way up until they're seniors. I like getting a group of kids and kind of seeing, you know, that shy little 12, 13 year old when they turn into these men, you know, these confident men when they're seniors. And there's no better feeling than that than seeing that, you know, teaching them about nutrition. And, you know, I know from just doing my own kid that I have to be that safety zone with my kid. I can't be that food police. And I tried training my son, but once he got to be like 12, I'm like, I could see the writing on the wall. I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I want to be like, he finishes a game, he comes to me and wants to go get something to eat and be, you know, I saw that because I've seen some, some relationships wrecked that with, with parents that are overbearing. So I always have another one of my trainers mentor my kids, you know, because it's just, it's, it's just, I, I have to, I can't be that guy. You know, I've learned the hard way, not from me, but watching other parents that just really destroy their kids with their not, it's their experience. It's not their kids. Yeah. And it's the bottom line, you know, most of them, or parents that weren't elite athletes. It's mainly, you know, they're kind of living vicariously through their kids. They love them, and, and they, they, they're hoping that they're thinking it's the best, but yeah. it's not, you know. It's like kids need that safety net when they go home that they're not nervous that their mom or dad's going to grill them about why they didn't pitch this pitch in third inning, you know. So yeah. I've learned, you know, just as you know, I mean, it comes with age. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think like that when I was 25 or 30, right. you know, and that's where they say, you know, with age comes wisdom. And I just feel like as I get older, I just, I can look back and just see, wow, I learned a lot over these years and these you know, mistakes I've made and watching other people make mistakes. Yeah, that is absolutely brilliant. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about is interval training. I'm seeing this huge trend. And I know you are too. And you probably helped start the trend of more folks who are doing endurance sports, endurance training are implementing intervals now. And mm-hmm. it's like, of course, the science is just amazing behind it in and of itself, but you're somebody who has a lot more practical application of whether or not it really does work for, you know, improving cardiovascular health, improving overall fitness. So uh, let's talk a little bit about why you use interval training in your gym. Okay, but uh, of course, interval training works 100%, but it can also kill at the same time. So 
typical, I'll give you a typical example. Say I have a CEO guy that type A wants to get fit. First thing I'll do is make him build an aerobic base, get a heart rate monitor on him, keep it, you know, under whatever their level is. You know, I'll usually test them on some metabolic test, but usually it's 180 minus your age. So if they're 50, it's 130. Make them go there for four or five weeks, build a base. And I'll start doing some alactic intervals, what I call, where, you know, they'll go seven second power sprints to get a little bit of power. Seven seconds on. I found 10 seconds is too long, the heart rate goes too high. Seven seconds on, 30 seconds off, sets of four. They can still get a little bit of that endorphins going with some sprints, but they're not going to that sugar burning. They're not, you know, because I'm cutting their carbs at this time. So then then I'll go, okay, let's go, let's have a goal. Let's do a let's do a two thousand meter row. Okay. That's where intervals come into play. And if you're if you're fit aerobically, like you got the aerobic base, you only need two or three weeks of high intensity to if you don't have that, if you don't if you're not fit aerobically, like if you're still if you're still going hard all the time and you have you know, your your heart rate's not coming down after a minute. But if you're built a big base and you can say your pace was seven minute pace and now you know at the end of this five weeks you're at five thirty miles. You're good. So then you're ready. Once you have that aerobic base, the intervals, you know, just takes very few high-intensity intervals to go to a peak. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get people to go is there's, there's great intervals, but not all the time. It can kill. So, you know, build a good base, have a goal, do some intervals for a while, and then and then go easy again. Kind of wave it, uh, you know, with your eating and, and everything else. It, it kind of goes hand in hand. Love it. Thank you for sharing that because also the recovery, you know, even when folks are uh, you know, they find out the science about interval training and even doing sprint intervals, wh- whether it's, you know, on a track or on a bike, understanding like this isn't something you do every day. First of no. all, you have to let your nervous system recover. You have to let your muscles recover. It's a very intense change that's happening in your body hormonally with your neurotransmitters. And so thank you for mentioning that because a lot of folks glance past it. They find out something, especially in our cultures, like more is better, right? Yeah. One more thing about, you know, like you get guys that go to spinning, you know, mm-hmm. and they go to these spinning classes five days a week and they're in intervals all the time and they're burning sugar and they're hungry and they wonder why they don't lose weight. It doesn't take a brain science to figure out like, you know, and that's why I've kind of re- reacquainted myself with Johnny G who used to, you know, he just started spinning in the 90s and he lived in San Bernardino. He lost his house here in the flood when we did. And uh, we're creating this new spinning program where it's actual training. It's not it's not, you know, just workouts. It's like Monday you have this, Tuesday you have this, you know, you have recovery. There's a lot of recovery in it. And then for 20 minutes you get off the bike and you do a bunch of like my rebound mobility stuff. You know, so it's more of a, I'm looking, that's where I want to reach more people. Like, okay, this is a sustainable program that you can, you know, if you eat well, you know, we'll have a little dietary guidelines. And if you eat, do this, you're going to be good. But people just think, okay, I'm going to do spinning five days a week. And they wonder why. It's just, you know, it's not sustainable to do that all the time. So this is the guy who created spinning. Yeah, so yeah this Johnny is, G. This is what I want people to understand. You are working with these guys, you know, like I want everybody to really get it. Peter is, Peter's the man, you know, he's been in this a very long time at a high level and he's he's really put together great uh, treatise here, just packed full of knowledge and insights of somebody who's been working with top people in the game and he's just still scratching the surface. Like I feel like even just talking with you, you still got a lot on your mind, a lot of stuff that you want to accomplish. Yeah. And so it's yeah. really great to be around you and to, and to learn from somebody like you. So I highly encourage people to pick up rebound. And I've got one final question for you, man. This has been incredibly enlightening and I'm just very grateful to be able to, to, to hang out with you and to get to know you more and to share your wisdom with everybody. Final question. 
what is the model that you're setting for other people with the way that you live your life personally? Hard work pays off and you'll learn, learn by doing. That's my, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get in there and put yourself out there and get uncomfortable and you'll, you know, figure out stuff. Love it. Love it. Peter, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know where they can find your book and where they can connect with you online? Where's the best place for people to find you? Twitter on Twitter. I'm at, at platinum fitness on Instagram. I'm at platinum fit SB. And then uh, you can get my book on Amazon or on the website, reboundfitnessbook.com. Perfect. Everybody, Peter Park. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Again, Peter is one of the top people in the world and he's done it all. The whole spectrum of the bodybuilding, competitive sports, ultra endurance training, such a wide variety of experience and then working with people at the top level in, in athletics all the way to folks who are just, you know, everyday folks trying to just get off the couch and do something. All right. So, uh, again, highly encouraged you checking him out, check out rebound. And one of the big takeaways for me was go slow to go fast, you know, go slow to go fast. I think that's a big, big insight for many areas of our lives. We so often want to jump right to the glitz and glamour thing. We want to jump right to the success without building that strong foundation. And once we get our hands on some of it, if you haven't built that foundation, we end up losing it because we don't really know how to handle success. We don't know how to handle having great health. We haven't built that foundation. So we find a creative way to mess it up, if that makes sense. We need to build a strong foundation. Physically is what we're talking about specifically here today with Peter Park. Work on the small stuff. I know, see, the thing. The, um, this is a confession from somebody who likes to, like, I want to go and deadlift four or 500 pounds. I just want to do that, all right? It feels good. I enjoy that very much. But missing out on those small things of taking care of, you know, doing the foam rolling and doing the body weight exercises, really making sure that my body's functional. That's what really enables me to, to be able to do this, go slow to go fast and to lift the biggest deadlift possible for myself, all right? Without any negative consequence, just me getting better and better and better, you know? So instead of running up against these invisible walls because we haven't created the foundation. So go slow to go fast, take care of the foundational stuff, you know, make sure that you are able to do basic movements, you know, the hip hinge, body weight squat, being able to sit in a resting squat. I highly encourage people to do that one to five minutes a day at minimum, just being able to sit in a resting squat that our ancestors would be able to do all day. All right. And by the way, if you can't get in a resting squat and you go camping, you're not going to be able to pop right. All right. You got to be able to do that just for basic human function. All right. This is how humans evolve and get in that position to just go poop. And now we have our, you know, grandiose thrones today, which, you know, for, so for a lot of people, they never even get in that position, you know, especially once they get into their adult years. All right. So just work on getting in that position is another valuable insight. Last thing, learn through doing. That's what it's all about. So taking action, putting this stuff into play so we can really get the results ingrained into our mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please, if you got a lot of value out of this, make sure to share it out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And of course, you could tag me, tag Peter. Let him know what you thought about the show. I appreciate you so much. We've got some incredible show topics and guests coming up for you. So be ready. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. 
That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you've got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.